Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Another craziness. Men are standing up. Another craziness is going on today. Men are coming forward. Now I'm excited. All right, let's go. We've been, we've been doing a series on the names of God, and we've been doing it for about, I think this is number six. Come on up, come on up, come on up. This is about number six, I think, and, and we've just been going through the names of God, and last week we talked about one of the, the names that, that was given to Jesus, and that was the last Adam. Who was here last week? All right, two of you got blessed, praise God. We talked about the last Adam and how it was all about transformation, right? And we showed a Beauty and the Beast clip, right? About when the beast transformed, right? And it's all about transformation. The last Adam means that it was done once and for all. The price on your policy has been paid in full. Say, thank you, God. But see, I'm doing this whole series so that you can see that there's so much more than just having a a policy paid in full. Tell somebody there's more. There's so much more. And it's so much more than just having a get out of hell free policy. There's so much more than than having a get out of hell card. It's about, you know, being a man and woman of God is so much more than fire insurance. Amen? And, and that's what, listen, if the reason that you're here today is just because you're scared to go to hell, amen, that's okay. That's a good place to start. Good place to start. Smart move. Real smart. Smart. Because tomorrow's not promised to anybody, right? But I'm not going to come this fire and brimstone stuff. I'm not about that. I'm about there's more. There's so much more. Good place to start. We'll scare the hell out of you right up in here and that's all right. Good place to start, but there's so much more. Listen, insurance, this is the definition. Insurance is something that you have to have so that when something happens to whatever it is you have insured, you are taken care of. Amen. That's two of you spiritual and that's just in there. Wow. See, our God is so much more than just something that you have to have so that when something happens, you're taken care of. Although He is something that you have to have so that when something happens, you can be taken care of. But He's more than that. Amen? He's more than that. The last Adam, Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. Abundantly. Amen? So it's not about the later. It's not about the after. It's not about, you know, when you need it. Abundant life, the last Adam, is about now. It's about everyday living. It's about everyday struggles. It's about everyday temptations. It's about everyday battles. It's about everyday victories. Amen? Anybody excited? The last Adam is about now. About today. See, I don't want God's covering sitting in an envelope until I die so that I can have eternal life. I want it every day that I live and breathe. I want, I want that policy enforced in my life every day, everywhere I go, everything that I do. I, I want it there. I don't want it sitting in an envelope when I need it. You understand? It's so much more than that. See, I don't want to pull out my God card. I, I, I want to be able to, to pull out my God card when I'm scared. Anybody ever been scared? Anybody ever been afraid? I want to be able to pull out my God card when I'm afraid and remind myself of 2 Timothy 1.7 that says, God doesn't give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I want to pull out my God card when I'm afraid and remind myself of Romans 8.15 that says, For you did not, I did not receive a spirit that makes me a slave again to fear. I received a spirit of sonship, a spirit of adoption that makes me cry, Father. Amen. 
I want to be able, you know, pull out my God card when I'm tempted and remind myself, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that He will give me a way out of every temptation. I want to pull out my God card when I come up short in every area and remind myself of Philippians 4.19 that my God will provide all of my needs according to His riches and glory. I want to pull out my God card when I've fallen and it seems I can't get up and I don't have one of those things. And I want to remind myself of 1 John 1.9 that He is faithful and just to forgive my sins. See, it's not about being in good hands like Allstate. It's about being in God's hands. Amen? Well, all right. That was just some leftovers I had reheated from last week. That was just leftovers. Anybody like leftovers? Let's get to the fresh bread. Amen? We're, we're, we're doing this series called Name Dropping. I don't know how long it's going to last. I'm going to keep going until I find every last name of God in the Word of God. Until we all know it. Until it's in us. Until we have a name to drop for every situation that we get ourselves into. And judging by some of you, there's a lot of situations. We're going to need a lot of names. Amen? I want you to have all of these names so that you can just, because, you know, the more, you, you, and, and you guys know, we've talked about this before, the more intimate you become with somebody, the more names you have for them. <laughs> right? It's, you call your wife by her first name in front of people. Right? Sometimes, maybe not even that, right? And then, and then there's other things you call her in the house, in front of children. Right? Stop there? All right, all right. But, but see, the more intimate you get with somebody, the more names you have for them. Amen? Let's, we'll leave it there. Let the imagination run wild. But see, I, I want you to be so intimate with God that you would actually enjoy being His. Oh, man. I'll go share this someplace else if that's not what you want. But that, that you, listen, ladies, some of you have husbands and I'm, I'm sorry, you might not enjoy being his all the time. Some of you have daddies, some of you don't have daddy. Everybody has a daddy, but some of you might not, you know, their daddy wasn't a man long enough to stick around. And, and so, but, but, but you might not enjoy being his. But I want you to know God in such an intimate level that you would enjoy being his. That's why the vision statement of this church is enjoying God, serving people, building healthy families. But what's at the heart of that? Enjoying God. I, I was looking for the most non-legalistic name I can find. And, and when you think of legalism, the last thing you think of is joy. So I said joy. That's like the opposite of legalism, joy. Amen? When a bunch of Puerto Ricans can worship in Jamaican, we're we just, we just having fun, man. That's just joy. Amen. You couldn't do that again if you tried every week. We couldn't do that again. Wow. All right. So let's get to the fresh bread. The title of today. Listen, I'm going to drop another name. I want to equip you for the battle ahead or the battle that you might be in today. And the title of today is Breakthrough for Dummies. Look at, look at the person you just thought of and say, I'm glad you came today. You guys seen those books and the videos, right? They got everything for dummies. So I figured, why not up in church? Let's do breakthrough for dummies, right? And that just, that doesn't mean that you're a dummy. That just means we're going to make it real simple. Amen? Don't, don't get it twisted. So turn in your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 17. And if you've been here more than a couple of weeks and you don't have your Bible, you are not serious or you are not ready for what God wants to give you. Yum, yum, yum. Come on, Candace. This is for the serious today. I want you to understand, I've been trying to preach this message, right? How many times did I tell you, next week we're going to talk about the God of the breakthrough. And God made me a liar. Every week I changed it. Because God would not let me release this God of the breakthrough message. I've been trying to do it for three weeks before Easter. And then I, I kept on, all right, next week, the next week, oh, Easter would be a great time to talk about breakthrough. No, then here we are two weeks after Easter, finally God is letting me release it, God of the breakthrough. I have to believe that it's because some of you are here today that needed to hear that. Amen? 
I have to, because he hasn't given me anything new. He hasn't, I haven't been able to prepare it better. I don't even know how I'm finishing today. Check that out. So, so he hasn't given me anything more on it than he gave me six weeks ago. But so it, it has to be timing. It has to be about somebody that's here today. So get uneasy, get uncomfortable in your chair because it's, it's about you. Amen? Because God has a life-altering word for you today. You're here by divine appointment. Let me start with this. Breakthrough is not easy. Breakthrough is not neat. Breakthrough only comes after a battle. Nobody's excited anymore. Because see, too many people want breakthrough but you don't want a battle. Everybody wants victory, nobody wants war. Everybody wants safety, nobody wants to fight. Everybody wants to be protected, nobody wants to protect. Right? So, so see, breakthrough only comes after a battle. I've heard so many people talk about, I want a breakthrough, I need a breakthrough. But they don't want the battle. You, guess what? It won't happen. Breakthrough for dummies, we're going to keep it real simple. Amen? You can't have breakthrough unless you're willing to fight for it. It costs something. It's tiring. It's frustrating. Breakthrough is all about obedience and authority. This is something I'm learning. Breakthrough is all about obedience and authority. And I want to make this real clear for you. Obedience is not a passive word. But you got to understand this. It's not a soft word. Obedience to obey means to carry out a command or a direction. Does that sound soft to you? To carry out a command or a direction. Obedience is not a be a good boy word. It's not a it's not a be 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 a good just be a good boy. It's a be a man about it word. Bless you, brother. Uh oh. It's about be a man about it. Look, and I believe this with all of my heart. One of the reasons more men don't come to church is because the church has been telling them that to be a Christian means to be a good boy. So instead of raising men of character and integrity and power, we've raising a generation of sissified good boys. I borrowed that word from T.D. Jakes. We, we raise sissified men that, that, that just, man, I don't even need to get into that. You understand what I'm saying. And the, more, the reason more men don't come to church is because we think to come to church, we've got to be a good boy. Be a good boy. We're telling 60-year-old men, be a good boy. No, be a man about it. Amen? Obedience means to, to, to carry out a command or a direction. One of the breakthroughs I'm praying for, and I believe we're starting to see it already, is real men walking in obedience and under authority. If that's not you yet, man up already and do what God has called you to do. It ain't even Father's Day and I'm beating you up. To obey means to carry out a command or a direction. What is the command on your life? What is the direction on your life? If you don't have a command and if you have no direction, it's probably because you're not under authority and you haven't learned how to obey yet. If you're done, you can leave now. You ain't ready for the rest of it. Let's go to 2 Samuel 5, verse 17. Oh, this is exciting. Second Samuel, when you get there, men say, ready. ready. I'm picking on the men because some of you women are light years ahead. And so, so don't think I'm excluding you. Don't think, yeah, yeah, don't think you could get excited about it. You can say, yeah, I've been waiting for this dude to catch up. Amen. That's, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get the men to catch up and then go ahead of you so that they can lead the way for you. So that you can just do what God called you to be. Amen. Because God has awesome things for the ladies. And so don't think I'm not being a chauvinist or nothing. But I'm saying it's our role to break through so that you can be safe and do what God called you to do. Whatever that is. Lead, teach, preach, sing, worship, paint, color. Whatever it is that God called you to be. You shouldn't have to play my role and your role too. Alright. Alright. Here we go. Second Samuel 5. Let's read this. If you're there, read it with me. It says... When the Philistines heard 
that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and he went down to the stronghold. Now, the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And so David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? And the Lord answered, Go, for I will surely hand the Philistines over to you. And so David went to Baal Perazim. And there he defeated them. He said, as waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So the place was called Baal Perazim, Lord of the breakthrough. Say amen. amen. The Philistines there, it says in 21, abandoned their idols there. And David and his men carried them off. So the God of the breakthrough is called Baal Perazim. You probably won't hear too many worship songs with that name in it. You probably won't find a bumper sticker or an air freshener in your car that says, I love Baal Perazim. It, it sounds just way off, right? It sounds like not Christians will start talking about you, right? But, but to, to David... Baal Perazim was the place, it was the valley where the enemy spread itself out against him and, and, and brought all of their gods against his God and him. It was customary in that time that when you go into war, when you go into battle, you bring your gods with you. And you, you carry your gods into, into battles. Listen church, if you have to carry your God, he ain't big enough. Amen? Let me speak to all my Spanish folk with all their piritismo, santeria, and nonsense. If you have to carry your God, He's not big enough. If you have to light a candle to Him to give Him light, He's not big enough. If you have to put an orange and an apple and a water and money and change, you don't need to be serving that God. Amen? I'm sick of going into every store around here and everybody has a shrine up. Everybody has their God and they got oranges and apples and incense and, and change. What God's going to park? He needs a quarter for the meter? What is that? What kind of God is that? What kind of God is that that I need to put him up on the shelf and, and give him food? He needs to feed me. Amen? How's he going to supply all of my needs if I got to supply his oranges? Come on. Come on. Baal Perazim. That's the place where the enemy had him surrounded, probably outnumbered. You ever been in that place? You ever been, have you ever felt like everything around you was against you? Have you ever felt like everyone and their gods was up against you? Come on, you work in corporate? I know that's the deal. You ever felt like, like they're all against you? Everybody and their gods. Well, listen, the valley of Raphaim, you know what Raphaim means? Giants. It was the valley of giants. Candace caught a revelation, I just heard her. It's the valley of giants. Listen, you know who was a, a Raphaelite? Goliath. Goliath was from there. He was a giant. It's the valley of giants. You ever felt like the giants of this world had you surrounded? Just me? Good. There are only, listen to me, there are only two choices you have when you're in the valley of Raphaim. One is to run and the other is to fight. I'll submit to you today that it's at that point and with that decision, decision that many of us fail. Some of you are fighting where you should have run and too many of us have run where we should be fighting. That was better than that. Come on. I'll, I'll try it again. Some of us are fighting where we should have run. That's you, you know it, you're feeling it right now. You're fighting a, a losing battle. You're fighting where you should have run. And some of us have run, and that's probably the most part, have run where we're supposed to fight. Well, how do we know the difference? How do we know when to do what? It's all about obedience and authority. Here it comes. Let's look at David and, and here as he introduces us to the God of the breakthrough. The word says he finds himself surrounded by the enemy and they're looking strong and they're looking powerful and no doubt they're looking very intimidating, right? Can you imagine an enemy spread out in the valley all around you carrying their gods? 
I mean, does anybody, anybody get that, that picture? Right? The enemy all around you carrying their idols. That's the point where fools rush in and cowards run out. But look what it says, David. David inquired of the Lord. And I want to try to make this so non-religious that you could see yourself in David's position doing what he did. Because if you notice there, did you catch in the verse how long and religious and drawn out and theologically sound, repetitious his prayer was? It went like this. Yo, God, you, you got me? Shall I go? And did you notice the long, drawn-out, most holy response for before God? I got you. Go. Now. Is that something that me and you can do? Can we handle that? With our theological backgrounds? Can we handle that without the PhD and the, and the Rev and all the stuff and, the, and all the initials before and after our name? Can we just say, yo, God, shall I go? Go? All right. And go. Can we handle that kind of... of, of uh, Interaction, it comes from intimacy, right? It comes from obedience. It comes from authority. Family, there are so many giants all around us. We live in the valley of Raphaim. Don't you see them all around you carrying their gods? Pride, money, religion, comparison, debt, lust, insecurities, fear, shame, condemnation. Have I named yours yet? There's one, listen, there's one big giant in our lives that threatens us daily. I feel God showed me this. His name is Yesterday. Yesterday is, see, our past is a monster that shouts out and taunts us all the time. You can't be different today. But just yesterday... You can't can't do that today. Don't don't act strong today. Just yesterday... It's a big monster, ain't it? It's a big monster. Some of you didn't come to the front today because the monster whispered in your ears, come on, you know where you were yesterday. Don't play yourself. Don't, come on, don't play yourself. Just yesterday you were, now you're going to go in the front of worship and do hallelujah? Come on, just yesterday. And and God had a breakthrough for you here, but you, you held back and you grabbed the new chairs in the back and you said, no, no. No, because the monster was in your ear saying, come on, just yesterday, just yesterday, you know what you were doing. Just last night on the internet, you know what you were doing. Just yesterday. Listen, we're here to cut yesterday's head off, amen? That's why the verse we talked about last week is so powerful, Philippians 3. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind... And, and, and straining toward what is ahead, I press on. Amen? See, when, when yesterday comes and tells you, just yes, you say, shut up. I know what I did yesterday and God knows what I did yesterday. He's still calling me. Come on, that's breakthrough. That's breakthrough right there. Let's just break the religious spirit, the religious backbone in all of you today. And you, you tell the monster, the monster might be big. He might be carrying these huge idols. For, for some of you, it might be this laptop with a 21-inch screen with some, some bodacious something, something's up on the screen, right? And, and he might be standing right there with his idol carrying his gods right behind you into church holding you back. And you say, you know what? I didn't hide from God yesterday when I hid in my room and locked the door and turned off all the lights. God still saw me. And guess what? Today, He still loves me and He's still calling me. So shut up! Shut up! Forgetting yesterday, turn your back on yesterday, press on. Keep my eyes on the destination. Keep my eyes on where I want to be, on who I want to be. We need to stay focused on getting there. Amen? Getting to your destination is what matters. Getting to the... How many of you have a GPS or you ever use the GPS? You ever been in a car with somebody with a GPS? I thought about this the other day. Some spiritual lessons from a GPS. What, what, what's so awesome about a GPS? You have to know where you want to go in order to get there. Otherwise, the GPS is useless, right? You can say, I need to go someplace around the... Bron-. I, don't, I don't know. 
You need to tell exactly, you need to tell GPS exactly where you want to go. You have to know exactly where you want to be. Isn't that awesome? Am I, is it getting spiritual to you for a moment? You have to tell it exactly where you want to go. The awesome thing about a, a GPS is that as soon as you tell it, I want to go to 1469 St. Peter's Avenue, Bronx, New York. Immediately it calculates and it tells you how long it'll take you to get there. And it tells you exactly how to get there. Family, that's not something you're going to get in your spiritual journey. Your spiritual journey, we learn from Moses that a trip that could take a couple of weeks could take 40 years. And we learn from Elijah and some other guys that a trip that could take 40 years could be done in an instant. Right? God just be lifting people up and putting them down someplace. Right? So, so that, that you'll never get in your spiritual journey. But, but, but listen, there's one, that feature you're never going to get. But, there's, but there's, there's something that you got to love about the GPS. Every time you make a wrong turn, anybody done that? Right? You, it's telling you to make a right up at the next corner. You get to the corner and, and you're talking to your wife and you missed it. And you go, immediately the GPS says, recalculating. Recalculating. If you have a guy voice or a girl voice, depending on what you said it, you know, that's a little weird, I think, that it even has a guy or a girl voice. But, but it says recalculating it almost instantly, and, and then within seconds, it tells you how to get to where you want to be from where you just ended up. You know what I love about it? It doesn't ask you why you made a wrong turn. It doesn't punish you for getting off the highway too late or too early. It doesn't make you go all the way back to start where you started from and try again. Recalculating. Listen, it assumes, this is what the GPS assumes, that even though you made a wrong turn, it assumes that even though you're off destination at the moment, it assumes that you still want to get to where you need to be, and so it recalculates to get you there in the shortest amount of time. Oh, man. Woo! That's good. Thank you, man. I like this guy. I'm glad he came forward. For some of you today, in your spirit, you're hearing recalculating recalculating and the beautiful part about that is that God is not even asking you today why did you make so many wrong turns God is not even punishing you today saying you moron you're four but you're this close and you keep turning too early and you keep falling this way and you keep ending up on the other side you're this close but, but, but the GPS and God today is not, not, not beating you up for it it's just saying recalculating. Okay, my brother, this is how we get there from here. This is not where you should have been. This is not where you should have ended up. I, I had you there four days ago. I had you there 11 years ago. But you're still going around. But okay, as long as there's juice, as long as I'm connected. As long as I'm connected. Isn't that good? That wasn't even in the notes. As, as long as I'm plugged in, as long as I'm connected... I'll keep telling you to, to make the right choices until you make them and until you get there. And then the awesome thing is, is when you're half a block away from the thing, it says, arriving at destination. And that's the best. Or sometimes you're looking around like, where is it? I don't even see it, right? But you know, it knows because it's a satellite thing and arriving at destination. Some of you today are going to hear that in your spirit as we close in prayer. God, you're going to hear arriving at destination. Finally, you are where you should be. Finally, you are where I want you to be. Yesterday is not one of those battles you need to be, you need to be fighting. It's, it's, that's an easy one. It's one of those you need to run from. Yesterday, you need to... Fighting with yesterday is like wrestling with a pig. You'll both get dirty and the pig will like it. Let me get that later. 
David shows us here to never just do anything. The question is always, do I run or shall I fight? And, and, and it always should come from prayer. It's about being in obedience and being under authority. Who am I submitted to and what is he telling me to do? What now, God? Plugging in, having that thing, that radar blip in your life. What now, God? Well, in four days... You're going to make a left turn. Yes, Lord. What now, God? It's about being in obedience and being under authority. How come it's so easy for us to listen to this little satellite thing that we don't even know of a voice who we, don't need, we never even met? But, but it's so hard for us to listen to the man that created us, to the eternal father that has his best interest in heart. How come we'll listen to a technology, but, but it's so hard for us to listen to God? We ask, what now, God? And we say, God, if it's run, then tell me how far and tell me where to go till I get to safety. And if it's fight, then tell me, God, which way is going to get me the victory. But whatever it is you tell me to do, that's what I want to do. I wish there were a couple men in here that were ready to do that. We left off in verse 21. It says, the Philistines abandoned their idols there and David and his men carried them off. That means David and his men beat the false idols out of people. So we can literally say David beat the hell out of all of the Philistines that day. Right? Literally. He beat the false idols out of them. (laughs) You like that, Joe? So now in verse 22, right there, the very next verse, verse 22, look what happens. It says, once more the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Raphaim. So he just beat them down. Once more the, 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 the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Raphaim. So David inquired of the Lord. And this time, look, it's different. This time he answered, do not go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the balsam trees. Isn't that awesome that God would give us strategy if we listen? The problem is so many of us, when we get to a point where we know we, wanna, we really don't want to go the right way, we unplug the GPS. We unplug, we get disconnected. Satellite lost. Okay, now I can go this way. And then when we're ready to get holy again, we plug it in. Recalculating. All right, good. It's all right, I'll, I'll, I'll get back there eventually. But we know, we, we unplug, we, and that's, that's, that's coming out of obedience, stepping out of authority, and doing whatever it is that you want to do. Am I preaching to anybody today? So it says, he, he said, don't, and, and, and look what's really cool here in verse 24. He said, as soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the trees, then move quickly because that'll mean that the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the army. Listen, I've seen a lot of shows about Marines and Green Berets and, and Navy SEALs. I never met a soldier that can run on top of the trees. That had to be some supernatural soldiers going on there, right? He said, as soon as you hear the marching on top of the trees, go out quickly because the Lord has gone out before you to strike the Philistine army. And so David did as the Lord commanded him. And it says he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to to Gezer. And I'm just imagining that's a long way. Right? I don't need a a big study to find out how far, who cares the distance. He, He kicked some Philistine tail all the way up and down some countryside. Amen? And that's all we need to know. I want you to take notice of some things here. This was the same enemy and it was in the same place. He just defeated them. My first response would be, I just beat you down. I'll do it again. Right? Any men in here think like me? I said, dude, I just slapped you. I will slap you again. In the same way. Right? I would have had the same. And, but, but no, David, instead it says David inquired of the Lord. God directed David differently in this battle, even against the same enemy. Why? Because not every battle is the same. And every battle is meant to teach you something different. Do you know that? wouldn't you welcome battles more if you understood that every battle was meant to teach you something different and to make you stronger if you don't battle you're weak if you never battle you stay soft how many people want to stay soft 
Yeah, someone stays soft, fat, happy Christian. You, you'll never grow. You'll be a baby forever. When we dismiss for children's church, you just go into the little room. And, and leave the adults and grown-ups here. Those that are ready to battle, Amen. See, it's only at the end of a battle that we can see breakthrough, but you must be willing to battle to experience breakthrough. You can't break through anything without the breaking part. It's foolish to think that you can break through without breaking something. You need to break through. Say, praise God, he's on another page. See, tell somebody, something has to break before I go through. Something has to break. Pride has to break before I can get through this. Anger has to break before I can get through this. Unforgiveness has to break before I can get through this. Fill in the blank has to break before I get through this. See, I love what God does to David and his men here. The same enemy has spread out against them in the same place. And God says, don't go straight. Circle around behind them. And wait until you hear the marching on the top of the trees. Can, now, can't God just wipe out the enemy again the same way? Does God need uh, uh, to surprise them? Does God need to go around and, and play game? Does God need a, a secret strategy? Does God need the element of surprise? God don't need anything. right? He could have just went... And all the Philistines would have been clouds, right? But, but he's just teaching us something. He's teaching us to be, to be in obedience. God doesn't need to cheat to wipe out the enemy. He's teaching David and teaching you and I that we need to walk in obedience and under authority. And what does that mean? We need to always listen and sometimes wait. I didn't think that would get an amen because nobody wants to wait. right? We are a microwave generation. I want everything in a minute and a half or less. Sometimes God says, Wait. He said, wait, go around the back of them and you and I would see the back of the soldiers and be like, I can kill them so easily. I can win this thing. I'm behind them. God says, now wait. Get yourself in proper position and then wait. Amen. And God says, this is so cool. God says, then when I move, you move. I take some people back, right? When I move, you move just like that. When I move, you move just like that. Don't tell nobody we did that in church. Don't tell nobody we did that in church. I just, you got to understand, you got to listen to this thing. See, it's different from the way so many of us run our lives. We move and then we ask God to move. He says, no, when I move, you move. Thank you. A lot of us, you know, we want God to obey us. We'll make a move, we'll leave the state, we'll leave the country, we'll leave the city, we'll leave a church, we'll leave, and then we'll say, okay, God, now move. And God said, you're out of obedience, you're out of authority, you're undercovering. What are you, who, who are you? Right? But that's how we operate. We say, God says, no, 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 you wait. You listen. Always listen. Sometimes you got to wait. See, in order, in order to, to, to lead, before you can lead, you have to learn how to follow. That was a 15-year lesson God taught me. Before you can lead, you're going to have to learn how to follow. How many of you ever had, you, you do a family trip, right? And there's six cars going to the lakes or something. Come on, all you Hispanics do this. There's 19 cars with like 87 people in each car and you're going out to the lakes. And there's always that one cousin or that one uncle that he ain't going more than 46. And he's holding everybody up. He, he don't know how to follow, right? He doesn't know how to follow. And so you, he'll never lead. Because when, when you learn how to follow, you know that you got to stay right behind the person that's there. And no matter what happens, I, I'm not encouraging people to take lights or nothing, but no matter what happens, you want to stay right behind that person that you're following. When you follow someone, you need to follow closely. And then when you lead, you, you're always checking your mirrors. You're making sure that you're counting one, two, three, four, and there's Cousin Larry. All right, good. And, and because, you know, because you've learned how to, how to follow, and so you understand how, how, how to lead now. Amen? Oh, that's good. 
That's good. Take notice of something else here in this passage. Remember David fighting Goliath when he was just a boy? Goliath was a Philistine. He was a Raphael, but he was a Philistine. Okay? So, so then David was fighting Philistines when, since he was a kid. And then if, if you read the word, it says David fought against the Philistines and won as a boy. And then later on, he, he hid among them. And he had all kinds of problems. And then here it is now. David's about to be appointed king and he's still fighting Philistines. The same enemy. Family, some enemies never go away. And I just discouraged a bunch of you. I thought I was almost done. I thought today was breakthrough. I thought I was going to be done. Listen, some enemies never go away. The battle is always different and the battle will always teach you something different. And the battle was always designed to sharpen you and make you better and make you, make you, give you more understanding and make you stronger and give you breakthrough and breakthrough and breakthrough. But the enemy, some enemies never go away. I didn't say that to discourage you. I just, I want you to to understand, to encourage you. Because every battle is going to teach you something. And battles precede breakthrough. Those of you writing notes, just write that down. Battle precedes breakthrough. Write it down for the person that's not writing notes and needs it. Battle precedes breakthrough. God wants to give us breakthrough. He wants us to have breakthrough in every area of our lives. The problem is we won't surrender. Without surrender, there's no obedience. Without obedience, there's no authority. If we have no authority, we have no covering. If we have no covering, we're all on our own. Call this breakthrough for dummy because, because I wanted it to be simple. See, breakthrough comes only after obedience. It can't be simpler than that. This is so easy. If you are a man in authority and under obedience, you do what you know you need to do. Listen, if it hurts when I do this, don't do this. You understand? Anybody got that? You know, if I would like to run as fast as I can into that steel pole, I'd only do it once, right? Because man, I would know that that going to hurt me. That at this point right here when I get stopped... If I survive, it is going to hurt. It's going to cause some serious damage. But how come we do the same thing in our, in our lives? We do things we know are going to hurt us. We do things we know are going to damage us. We do things and, and then we get, God, it hurts when I do this. And God is saying, then stop doing it. It's so easy. You you don't need a master's in divinity to find out. Just if it hurts when you do that, don't do that. You probably weren't designed to run into steel poles. You probably weren't built that way. Right? Some of you look like you might have been built that way. But I I can. If I run through this, it's going to hurt me. Some of the things you guys are running through is going to hurt you. Amen? It can't be simpler. God says, when I move, stop. You move. (laughs) When I move, you move. It's obedience. It's submission. It's under authority. Listen, right now, let's just bow our heads. In every area that you need breakthrough today, I'm going to ask you to submit to authority. In every area that you need breakthrough today, I'm going to ask you to submit to authority. And before anybody gets it twisted, if you're new here, if you don't know me, if you don't know us, I'm not, when I say authority, I'm not me. I'm not trying to preach this thing that, that all of you have to listen to me and submit to me. No, you don't have to listen to me. I'm telling you, read the word of God and submit. Be a man under authority. Be under his authority. You don't have to like me. But you want to be a man under, a woman under authority. Amen? The enemies will come and come. The enemies will surround you. The enemies will rise up against you. But look, here's how I'm going to end. I want want to read you this psalm. Keep your heads bowed. Don't be distracted. Some of you struggle with so many things. 
Some of those things are just silly. Some of those things I'm not even going to give, give credit to. Some of those things are just silly. Stop it. Stop it, family. Stop. You think, you, you might be thinking, well, I'm not hurting anybody else. Listen, if you're hurting you, you're a part of the body of Christ, you're hurting me. If, if, you're, if you're too busy just hurting yourself, even if you're not hurting anybody else, you're still holding the rest of us down. You're holding us back. Just submit. And then there's some enemies that, 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 that I, I will acknowledge today. There's some of you fighting some really ugly things. There's some of you dealing with some, some really harsh things. Some of you have been abused. You've been wrecked. You've been damaged. You've been treated like, like no one should deserves to be treated. And so I'm not going to make light of that. That's real. That's real. And I want to acknowledge that today. But, but listen to the words. Listen to what David says after he's gone through all of these things. Listen. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Listen. Listen. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies. You set out a banquet before me, God. In the presence of my enemies. Though my enemies be all around me. Though my past haunts me. Though yesterday shouts and taunts me. You prepare a banqueting feast in the presence of my enemies. And you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Today, here's, here's how we'll finish. This right here. Is the banqueting table that God has prepared in the presence of your enemies. Some enemies are ne will never go away. But even there, God prepares a place and he anoints your head with oil. Which signifies covering. Which signifies his blessing, his authority over you. And even there, in the presence of that situation that you're battling right now, even there, with all of the enemies around, with their gods raised high, taunting you, God says, I fill your cup to overflowing. Would you respond to that today? Would you say in your heart today, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And surely I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If that's you, would you just would you just unplug? Would you get away from everybody that you're with right now and say, God, I, I'm coming to the banqueting table today. I'm coming to this feast, God. And in the presence of my enemies, I'm going to receive your oil. I'm going to hold up my cup and you're going to fill it to overflowing. Would you just come and join me? Breakthrough is easy. Just walk in obedience. Breakthrough follows battles. Some of us need, need breakthrough in, even in the very area of church. Some of us have been so messed up in church and by church and, and under church and in church. We need a breakthrough from church. And so right here in the presence of your enemies, God is setting a table before you. And he's anointing your head with oil. 
and he's filling your cup to overflowing. Father, right now, would you touch each and every one that's up here? If I can have those on the prayer team, if you would just come and, and just stand. Don't even say nothing to anybody up here, but just stand with them. Let them know they're not standing alone. Let them know that, that we love them. Let them know that we have their back. Let them know that we're standing with them. Let them know that, that we're here in the presence of any enemy that, that they may be battling right now. But we've come to feast. This is the time to feast, not to fight. In feasting, there's victory. Amen? There's victory in worship. There's victory when you're feasting. There's victory. Listen, don't let yesterday, even now, some of yesterday's whispering in some of your ears, saying, come on, man, just yesterday, you're not going to change today. This one little trip to the altar ain't going to change you. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. Look around. Look at me. Look at all of us. One little trip to the altar. One little trip to the cross. Transformation. And we're new creations. I wish we had time to all tell you about it. One little trip. A couple of steps into, into obedience and authority. And God changed each and every one of us up here. And he's doing it for you today. And it's not too late wherever you are. It's not too late. Just get up. This might be the only time you've ever walked in obedience. Do it today. Walk in obedience. Say, God, I'll walk. I'll, I'll answer the call that you've, that you've called me to walk. And I'll walk those 15 feet. Come on. If you can't do it here, you'll never do it outside of here. Worship team, would you just worship and warfare and battle and, and rejoice and, and cry and sing and, and, and smile and do whatever it is that, that God has on your hearts to do over them. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.